Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. Running a business is full of tough calls. One of the biggest, hiring. Finding the right people to keep your business moving and growing isn't easy, but ZipRecruiter has found a way to streamline the process. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large at Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech and the week's news. You can send us your questions on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. A reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. Today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, I'm delighted to have Christo Wilson and David Chofnis on the show. They're both assistant professors at Northeastern University in the College of Computer and Information Science in Boston, and they're leaders of a team of researchers that tried to determine whether our smartphones are secretly listening in on our conversations, which is a very popular online conspiracy theory. Christo and Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you for coming. Anyway, let me just jump into questions. I read that you conducted the study at Northeastern over the course of a year. So why don't each of you explain what it was about, so for people who aren't sort of following this online conspiracy theory. Sure. So we've also heard these conspiracy theories that your smartphone is secretly either watching you or listening to you. Right? There's apps that may be activating mm-hmm. the microphone or the camera in the background without your knowledge Um, And then potentially this data is used for things like targeted advertising. There have been a couple... Or worse. Yeah, so there's been a couple examples where this was actually true. Um, There was a company called Silver Push that was actually using the mic to listen for uh, TVs in the backgrounds to see what shows you were watching. There was a recent, uh, I think it was Mm -hmm. like a soccer app that was also listening for TV noise in the background. Um, But these examples aside... We don't really know if our phones are, are listening to us or watching us. Um, these, these cases are really anecdotal. So we wanted to figure out mm-hmm. at scale, you know, are, are apps really doing this pervasively or are these just kind of one-off bad actors? Meaning that you put, they put these apps in and you aren't really clear what they were doing in the first place. So we, like, go to the idea of distrust in the reason why people think this is so. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories online about lots of different things, you know, including from aliens to alligators, <laughs> and the toilet, things like that. Why did this one come up from your perspective? So I think there's a, a combination of reasons. You know, one, we, This is Dave. This is Dave? Still Christo. This is Christo. Okay, Christo. All right. Okay, good. All right, go ahead, Christo. So on one hand, we, we know our devices are very powerful. They have all right. these capabilities, and, and we see that apps use them, right? When we install an app on an Android phone, one of the first things it does is it asks, can I access the camera? Can I access your contacts? Can I access right. all these things? Right. But then you never hear about that stuff again, right? The app is just there. And then at some point in the future, you know, there are these weird serendipitous things that happen. Like you get an ad for a car that you just happen to be talking to your you know, friend about, and it the coincidence is a little bit too much. Right. And we, the phone is there. We know that we're that the tracking is possible and that this targeting is happening. It's hard not to believe that you know putting these things together, you're under surveillance. Right. Right. Where you feel that you might be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think um, 
one thing that comes up is we tend to think about surveillance in the way that humans do. That if somebody learned about something that, that you talked about with a friend, that meant that they were listening to you. Right. But I, I think it's harder for most people to make the connection between how much they give away in their online activities to these companies that can target advertisements to them. Because it's not just when you're on right. Facebook. Right, they're not aware of that. Exactly. It's not just when you're on Facebook looking at someone posting about Hawaii. You're also probably being tracked by a Facebook like button when you go and visit a website about Hawaii. Right. And so if you're thinking about that trip to Hawaii, you probably left some breadcrumbs that that's the case, but you weren't aware that it was happening. So when you see that targeted ad, all of a sudden you think, ah, they must have been listening to me. Right, because you also could be talking about it. Mm-hmm. You've already, you're, you're doing a lot of online intent things that are very are signals, essentially. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I like to point out is, um, it, for those who think that your phone is listening and that's how they're figuring it out, um, I'd invite anyone to think how good the quality of the translation from our personal digital assistance is. Like right. From Siri or really from bad. Alexa. <laughs> like, we're not there in terms of being able to interpret what you're saying, right. especially with noise. So, um, you know, applying Occam's razor to this problem, it seems like it's much more likely that you would expect to see this targeted tracking based on other things that you're doing online, as opposed to the microphone listening to you, translating that to text and being interpreted. Right, because it's much more actionable. It's not just actionable, but it's actually you did it and they can see you doing it. Yeah, it's very direct. Right, exactly. So now you're not saying that the phone is never listening to you. There, As you said, there are some apps that are listening to you and there's some cases where you give it permission to listen or take pictures or look at your photos, uh, Snapchat, anything you use has that ability, Twitter. Correct. So there, there's many apps that are explicitly recording media. That's their whole purpose, and, and we expect that, so mm-hmm. there's no privacy violation. Um, and there's a few known cases where there was unexpected recording, like the Silver Push case or the Soccer Club case. Right. But our, the, you know, the question for us was, is there more unexpected recording going on than we realize? Which is what you were looking at. Now, where did the original conspiracy hearing in this case come from? Where did it? Did you find it a point of origin, or you were not studying that? And how did it become so widespread? I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't really. But that's not really what we were looking at. It was sure. what, what's going on now in the app store versus whether it's true or not. Yeah. Right. Right. From our perspective, it, I mean, look back to Silver Push, and that was something that motivated our study. Is that there was a confirmed example right. of this happening. We didn't want to just look at one example. We wanted to understand how widespread it was. Now, before the study, did either of you believe it might be true? Did you think, oh, this sounds plausible? Because it sounds plausible. There's a plausibility to it, which is, I think, the reason why it's spread so far and wide. Yeah, we totally thought it was possible. I mean, research takes a lot of time and effort. We wouldn't have engaged in the the research if we didn't think there was something to find. Right, right. And, you know, we've been studying privacy for maps and in terms of identifying when textual information about you, your GPS coordinates, um, your usernames, your passwords, we found tons of examples where those are mishandled. And it continues to surprise us, although you know, at this point, we sort of expect to be surprised, as it were. Um, but nonetheless, when it came to this kind of audio or video recording, sure, you know, we certainly thought that if we look at enough apps, we're going to come across something. All right, so can you explain what you did, what you actually did to show this was not the case, that largely Google, Amazon, Facebook, all the bigs were not listening in on you, per se. They are following you. Talk about sort of what you did, exactly. Sure. So we got around 17,000 Android apps mostly from the Play Store, but also from some third-party app stores as well. 
and we, we gathered them all together and we put them through this testing apparatus we developed. So all of those apps got loaded onto test phones. Uh, the phones were very carefully set up so that there was you know, a couple pictures lying around and some music and some audio, you know, things for the app to find. Uh, and then the app was automatically run and exercised. So tapping on buttons, typing on the keyboard, and that would happen for around five minutes. Right. And in the background, we were recording everything the app is doing. So anything it's sending out over the network, we have that trace. And so then you know, we ran all these apps, and then we looked to see, did we ever observe a picture or an audio clip or a video file get sent to someone? And when we did, then we would trace it back. So was that explicit? Like, it was a camera app, and you clicked the shutter button. Snapchat, right, yeah, and you wanted it to happen. Yeah, yeah exactly, the Snapchats. Uh, or was this unexpected? You know, an app that you gave it permission to use the camera, but you never clicked a, a shutter button or anything like that. It just took a photo. Right. Or it, it found a photo on the storage, and it just uploaded it without your knowledge. But this was only on Android. Why was that? So iPhones, unfortunately, are just much harder to work with. Uh, much harder to set up these kind of automated testing apparatuses at scale and much, much harder to collect all the apps necessary to kind of feed the experiments. Right. And did you find one more protected than the other? Does Apple have more protections in it or, or privacy protections for its users? So Is that why? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that one OS is necessarily better than another on that front. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for example, when we did find cases of suspicious behavior, we know that the companies make apps for both platforms. Um, so I, I don't expect that there's necessarily less privacy risk on one platform versus another. Um, just in terms of being able to do our experiments at scale, um, Android was the only thing that we could feasibly do. And who did people think were listening the most? Was it Google or Facebook? Or who did they think was doing just the phone itself? Because the phone is an Apple phone, for example. So is it Apple they're nervous about? Or is there is there just an amorphous someone's listening? It seems to be amorphous. It's this right. unknown third-party omniscient advertising targeting entity. Mm -hmm. um, the advertising ecosystem is actually very complex. Um, we as researchers have a hard time fully understanding it. Mm -hmm. Ordinary people have no, they have no visibility. There's no way to know. So there wasn't anyone, they weren't saying, ah, oh, Google's listening in on me or Alexa or, or whoever. I mean, I'm sure that they said that. I'm <laughs> sure that they said a lot of other names yeah. as well. But you didn't notice it in the studies. I just had, I had I, it is an amorphous thing that people are like, they're listening. I'm like, who? Mm -hmm. Like, and why? Advertisers, well, which ones? Like, why? Who's the, who's the overall body that's conducting it? Um, and would Apple allow this? Would Google, Android allow this to happen? And wouldn't they want a part of it? Like, it, I was, I'm trying to like carry it out mm -hmm. to the large extreme. So when you came out with this, what was the reaction? I'd say people don't believe you, right? Yeah, I'd say it was sort of mixed. You know, on, on one hand, there's the the optimistic outlook, which is, you know, we looked at all these apps and we found very few cases of unexpected media leaks. So in one sense, this this fear is sort of uh, unwarranted. But on the other hand, right, we did find a few cases where there there were apps doing things that were very privacy invasive and unexpected. So it's not like the number is zero. It's not. Uh, right. So, right. So it's, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. Right, right. 
But in general, the overall idea that it's constantly monitoring you is not, it's that you're giving it signals more than anything else. Um, have developers changed anything since your report came out, or did they have to? Yes. So there were a bunch of apps using a particular library that was allowing them to record the screen. Right. So when you were in one of these apps, everything would just get recorded and sent to a third party. Um, so we responsibly disclosed that. Um, in the paper, we talk about an app called GoPuff. GoPuff has since removed that library. Right. Um, and it looks like a bunch of the other apps that included the this particular library have also removed it. And this is, explain that, that they use it for what purposes? So this is a, a library from a company called AppSea, and it's meant for developers to help debug the application. So if, if someone says they're having a problem with the app, they can't figure it out, there's actually videos of, of them using the app. Or you can just use it sort of generically. like So they're surveilling it. Yeah, it's surveillance. Yeah, so they're surveilling. Yep. Right, essentially. Yeah, you can think of it as, um, as if you, know, you had a problem with your computer and you call tech support. The guy from tech support is probably going to show up, look over your shoulder as you do the thing that, uh, that caused a problem. They're doing this, except they're doing it remotely. Yeah, you can do that also remotely, by the way. All right, so when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this because one of the ongoing issues is conspiracy theory that your phone is listening to you. A lot of very reasonable people do believe it. I get a lot of uh, tweets about it at me that it's happening without my knowledge. And uh, we want to talk about it with a pair of researchers, Christo Wilson and David Chopness, who are assistant professors at Northeastern University, who looked into this when we get back Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a new podcast, The Arthur Brooks Show. That's me, Arthur Brooks, and I'm president of the American Enterprise Institute. I'm making a new podcast with Vox Media. Now, as president of AEI, that's a Washington think tank, I see bitter disagreement all the time between the parties, between conservatives and liberals, between religious and non-religious people, you name it. And it's terrible. We need some way to disagree, not less, but better. So this is a series that looks at the art of disagreement. I talk to people about things like moral outrage on social media, about how storytelling can unify people because they see what they have in common, and about, believe it or not, how to share your stage with your ideological opponent. Now, once again, this podcast is The Arthur Brooks Show, and the first episode is out on July 12th. Find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss a single episode. We're here with Krista Wilson and David Chofness. They are two professors at Northeastern University, and they have done a lot of research on a popular internet conspiracy theory that they debunked that your phone was listening to you. And I have some questions from listeners and others. Uh, my colleague Jason Del Rey is one of the people who said he thought Facebook was spying on him. Great, one of my employees. Last year he tweeted, there is nothing you can do to convince me that Facebook isn't using my phone's mic to target advertising at me. Jason, so what would you say to convince him? Well, I mean, guys, Facebook hasn't done themselves any favors by filing patents for exactly yeah. the technology that Jason is describing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as Dave said earlier... And their privacy snafus with the Russians. I mean, I think at this point only Donald Trump believes the Russians weren't involved in all this spying, but okay. Of, of course, yeah. You know, if, if Facebook is making it too easy to, to believe this about them. Um, but I guess the, the counter-argument is really just that you already give Facebook such a huge amount of information in terms of the things you view and you click on. They can see your browsing history based on their like buttons. You're posting messages full of rich content. All of that stuff is easy to mine 
and use for ad targeting, it would be much more difficult for them to be recording this audio and then transcribing it and trying to analyze it. You, you would notice the drain on your battery, all this network traffic that's being sent. It, it would be hard to hide, and it just doesn't seem like it would be worth the cost. Mm-hmm. And, and just to clarify, Facebook is spying on us. They're just doing it without using the mic. Mm-hmm. They get a much richer view by how we interact right. with Facebook, how we like things, how we click on links, uh, how we browse the internet. So I think that's that's the main... So you're doing the work for them. Exactly. That's the main issue is it might be a little bit displaced. But talk about this patent of what they want to do. Because they're coming out with a device, a screen that will be in your home as an IoT device, just like Amazon Echo and Alexa. Yeah, so... The Amazon Exo on Alexa and Google's Home, sorry. Yeah, so, um, so those devices are supposed to only be active when the hot words are used. Right. Um, but again, of course, there was like the example of the Google Home Mini, which was just right. recording all the time. Right. So this is another thing that, you know, we're, we are actively studying is these IoT devices. Right, we're going to get to that in a second from some questions. But in terms of what Facebook's coming out with, they, have, they want to be listening to things if you presumably give them your permission. Yeah, so... It's unclear, well, I'm, I'm sure they will eventually use this for ad targeting, but at least initially, this is just a, a way of trying to get, uh, trying to go against Amazon, or I guess Google at this point, because they're selling more right. home devices. Right. Um, it's just another device, another platform that they have to control. All right, another question. What have you heard from people who believe in this conspiracy theory since your study came out? Do they still not believe you, or do they continue to believe their conspiracy theory? Have they argued with you about it? Um. I don't know that we've engaged in any particular online arguments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I avoid them like the plague, personally. So uh, uh, <laughs> I jump but, right in. But nonetheless, uh, uh, no one has engaged me yet. Um, and you know, at the same time, you know, we we do want to be clear that we looked at seventeen thousand apps. We didn't look at every app. Um, we interacted with them automatically for five minutes. We didn't interact with them forever. We didn't try everything in the app. So it's still possible that some of these apps are spying on you in ways that people fear. It's just that we don't have any evidence of it. Um, and we looked at the most popular apps, you know, thousands of the most popular apps. So it's very likely that the, f- the apps that are on your device are not doing this kind of behavior. At the same time, it's not impossible. Right. And, and did the app platform and developers, that you, you said you heard from some who were, had been abusing it, but what about Apple and Google, who are the principal phone makers? Yeah, so we reported this to Google. Um, Google escalated it to their privacy team. Mm-hmm. Um, we know their privacy team was in contact with uh, many of these app developers to try and clean up the behavior. Uh, and Google issued a statement saying that they had taken, you know, uh, remediative action. Appropriate action. Appropriate action. So we, we don't know exactly what they did. They seem to have done something. And it might be nice if they would take a stronger policy stance against some of these things. But they did take our report seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, we got a question from our reader, Scott Weil. Has Intel ever put technology into their chips to collect data about how a computer user computes? Have they ever collected data on clicks, keyboard usage, or program usage? Not that we know, but... But we haven't looked at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, great, great question. Not really the focus of what we've looked at so far. Okay. All right. Um, have you or your colleagues looked into other forms of digital surveillance, for example, whether Alexa or Google Home are listening when they're not awake? Is this the next next area you're going to look at, these IoT devices? Talk a little bit about those. Yeah, sure. So um, we actually have a state-of-the-art lab set up like a studio apartment um, here at Northeastern. Mm-hmm. Um, has fully functional uh, internet-connected fridge, washer, dryer, dishwasher, TV, cameras, uh, video doorbell, just sort of everything that you would expect to see in a really smart home. 
Um, all of these devices are connected uh, to a router where we have full control over all of the network traffic so we can monitor it. And we also um, can correlate activities that we do with these IoT devices, uh, you know, how we use the devices versus what they're sending over the internet. Right. Um, so this is an ongoing study. Um, we don't have anything to report publicly now, but certainly we have several Amazon devices and Google Home devices um, so there's, there's many devices. Even the fridge has a microphone for reasons we're not entirely sure why that was necessary. Right. But these are all things that we're very interested in understanding. Are your devices listening when they shouldn't? You know, besides when you say something that sounds like the hot word, but it actually isn't, and then it starts listening. Um, and, and when these devices aren't supposed to be listening and they're still using the internet connection, what are they using it for? Right. Why are these devices so chatty when, in theory, they shouldn't need to be? They should be silent. They should be silent. So I think one of the things is is there's a there's an opportunity for abuse that's accident based too. Is that it's just there's a glitch and it listens, or that it's on and why doesn't it listen? Or someone could hack into it and it listens. Correct. I mean that's the danger with all these IoT devices is that they can be, uh, you know, you've seen a million movies where they turn on the the uh, camera on your computer or on your phone or things like that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's something that we're un trying to understand as well. And it it, it all comes down to trying to understand what's normal behavior for one of these IoT devices, and then what deviates from that behavior in terms of what we see on, uh, on the network. So uh, you know, this is something that we're actively working on. The, there's a lot of challenges here because there's just so many different kinds of devices, and they each have such different purposes. So it, it's something that we're certainly well on our way to getting a better understanding of, but um, it's a hard problem in general yeah. just because... You know, there's, there's thousands of these devices, and we can't just load them onto a phone like you can do with the, uh, the study that we did with apps. Right, exactly. Um, so that's why we need this lab. What are your thoughts on the surveillance society, though? Because I think, you know, there's a great article in the New York Times over the weekend about AI and facial recognition. Uh, obviously, there's cameras everywhere in China, and there's more and more cameras here, and they're all upload to the cloud and, and do all kinds of different data. We are in an era of increasing surveillance of our ourselves and, and information that we give out freely to people, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no beating that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we have more surveillance now than at any point in human history. So it's not a surprise that people think this conspiracy theory that is listening to you, everything is listening to you in a, in a weird way. I mean, it's, it's kind of worse than that. It's right out in the open, essentially. Yeah. If you generalize the word from recording my audio to be a little bit more general, like, is it recording my keystrokes? Probably. Right. You know, everywhere you visit, absolutely. Everywhere you've been, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and to, to expand it, it's not just is it listening to you or is it using your camera, but is it watching everything you're doing? Um, this includes, you know, recording the screen when you're on the phone, but also um, there are smart TVs that are watching what you're watching and extracting data about that and, and sending it uh, uh, over the Internet. Right. So what advice do you give to people who are worried about this? Because I think it's normally... Um, uh, a normal thing to worry about. And I think it's a very reasonable thing to worry about. So if your specific worry is, you know, my phone is engaging the camera or the microphone without my knowledge, at least for now, that's not a prominent threat. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the future that will change, but at least for now, that's not what you should be worried about. You should be worried about the, the routine recording of browsing history, app usage, GPS. Those are absolutely happening and it's, it's omnipresent. And there are things you can do by changing privacy settings, by installing ad blockers and tracker blockers 
those are the prime threats, and, and there are mitigations. So what should people do if they are reasonably worried? What are some of the things they can do? I cover my cameras, all of my cameras, and all my devices because I just assume that at some point, even accidentally, they can be turned on. Yeah, so that's a good start. Um, if you use major services like Google, right, they have fairly detailed privacy preferences where you can go and turn off, say, location history, search history, browsing history. You know, just don't record this stuff. Right. Um, taking it a step further, right, you should have at least, you know, an ad blocker, possibly more uh, in your browser, uh, both on your, on, your, on your desktop and your phone, right? If you use Firefox on your phone, you can install extensions into it, including Adblock. Um, same thing with iOS, right? You can download apps from the store that will implement blocking. So you should do that. And just sort of more general advice for those who might feel overwhelmed and feel like throwing their phones in the lake. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just practical advice, think twice about an app before you install it. Mm -hmm. um, do you really need that app? Right. Why is that app free? Right. What data might it be collecting and right. is it worth it? Yeah. Um, the same thing for Internet of Things devices. Why does this thing have an internet connection? And do you need right. the things that that device advertises as the reasons why it does? And if you don't, you're probably better off just buying a model that doesn't have that connection, and that's one less uh, opportunity for your information to be exposed. So it's more about right. just sort of limiting the attack surface as opposed to you know deciding to just uh, cover everything in tinfoil. Right, right. Well, that too works, I have to say. I've been wearing a tinfoil <laughs> hat for many years now. <laughs> Actually, one of my first jobs at the Washington Post, I worked nights because I was the, the low person on the totem pole, and every single night someone who called me and was wearing tinfoil on their head because they were being attacked by um, things, and I actually believed them for much of my early life. Um, but it was a really interesting thing, because this thing has persisted for a long time, this idea of, of surveillance. And a lot of it is true, and a lot of it isn't true, and it's really interesting, and I'm glad you guys did this. So what's your next thing you're doing? Um, so in terms of this study, I think uh, the, the main next step is to figure out what those IoT devices in the home are doing. Are your cameras watching you when they shouldn't? Uh, are your listening devices listening when they shouldn't? Is your TV uh, surreptitiously recording what you're watching and sending it to other parties? Uh, what is your fridge doing with that microphone? So we're trying to answer these questions in this much more challenging environment of home IoT. Mm -hmm. And then from there? Um, so it's not good enough uh, from our perspective to just tell everyone the bad news. Right. Uh, that, that certainly doesn't bring uh, much comfort to anybody. Um, we're also interested in developing solutions that uh, allow consumers to regain some control over their privacy. One of the advantages of our approach is that we just look at internet traffic. And so if we can reliably tell that the internet traffic contains something you don't want, we're no longer beholden to what Android or iOS supports or what an app's uh, privacy settings are. We can just block that network traffic. So that's the kind of service that we'd like to provide. This is something we could even provide as a service that you install on your home router right. or something that you plug into your home router. Right. So that's really, it's not enough. I mean, we start with the bad news because we have to figure out what the problem is first, but we're always moving towards giving people good news, how you can address this problem, how you can move forward to a place where you have better controls over your privacy. Right. But right now, their phone is not listening to you to do ads, except when it it is. <laughs> except for those bad apps. Except for those bad apps, correct? 
Yeah. We can safely say for most of the apps. Right. That's what we've seen so far. Okay. All right. This has been super helpful. We've been talking with Krista Wilson and David Chofnis. They're two professors from Northeastern University, and they are debunking the idea that we, our phones are listening to us, except when they are. We really appreciate you for coming on the show, and thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You can find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review there or just tell your phone you know about this podcast and it will get it to me immediately. If you haven't already, go check out our other shows. I host Recode Decode and Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. If you have questions about any tech topic or the latest tech news, tweet them to at Recode with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed or email them to TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask, so tune in then. 